Hello, I'm Natalie. And I'm Paul. Welcome to God Hates Fangs True Blood Podcast. In this week's show we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 9, Everything is Broken. Okay, should we start with uh, listeners' comments and questions? Yeah. Okay, this is a comment from Steve in Dubai. And he said, Did you guys hear about Comic Con? Alan Ball was asked about the lack of bubba in the show and when he said he wouldn't even know anyone who could pull it off. They all started calling for Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell! Would be quality. Oh, I agree. Have yeah, you thought that? I agree with you, Steve. I mean, obviously, you've not read the book. For those, for those who don't know, yeah, explain, Bubba... explain Bubba again. I'll, I'll explain again that Bubba is Elvis Presley as a vampire, who is a, a, char- a recurring character in the, the True Blood novels. That's not really a spoiler as such, is it? If people no. read the books. Yeah, but they said that they can't have him on the show because of... Um, uh, co- uh, copyright reasons and the I think that Elvis Presley's family would not agree to <laughs> having him as like a weird retarded zombie vampire version of himself <laughs> and also the fact that Alan Ball feels that there's, there's no one that could pull it off but yeah no I did think Bruce Campbell if I was going to uh, have someone uh, yeah if he's going to Bruce Campbell is in a, a movie called Bubba Hotep which we recommend which is a great crazy film where, where he's playing um, Elvis Presley as who, as an old man in a in a geriatrics home. Without spoiling the film, Elvis Presley, um, he traded his life with an Elvis Presley impersonator. Yeah. So yeah. The, so the guy that died on the toilet was in fact the impersonator. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But, um, but according to True Blood <laughs> <laughs> Universe, he's actually a vampire. How did he become a vampire? Does that explain? Uh, yeah. Um, they they thought he died on the toilet, and right. um, the the mortician was a vampire. So when Elvis was wheeled in and the mortician recognised that there was still a spark of life there, he thought, oh, I'll, I'll turn Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it, it went wrong because he was kind of half dead and it, it wasn't at the right point to turn him. So he's, a kind uh, so of he's like a mentally challenged vampire who so drinks cat's blood. <laughs> he's a retard Elvis that drinks cat's blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand why the Elvis family... Mm, yeah, wouldn't. but Bruce Campbell does an amazing Elvis in Bubba Hotep, so he would be the man for the job. So if you've not seen that film, check that out because it's awesome. And if you don't know who Bruce Campbell is, then go and see all the Evil Dead films. <laughs> if you don't know who Bruce Campbell is, then pff, <laughs> just give up. <laughs> okay, so... Um, oh yeah, um, yeah. A, a little bit of, a bit more personal news. Um, as, you, as you may have noticed, we have some, some jingles on our show and they are all composed and recorded by Paul here. Well done, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, his, his jingle writing skills uh, this week won him an iPod. <laughs> They did, yes. <laughs> from from uh, you submitted a. I submitted a jingle to the um, official PlayStation Magazine podcast, which is a, a great listen for you gamers out there. Yeah, PlayStation forever. But as from from their next episode, episode fourteen, I'm going to have my jingle at the the start of the show. Yeah, well done, Paul. So, but um, <laughs> You're the jingle master. But I must let, must let you know it is a jingle that I robbed from our God hates fangs. Podcast. It's the, what, it's the what the fuck jingle. It's the what the fuck, yeah, it's the what the fuck jingle, but just added the PlayStation babble <laughs> at the end. But they liked it, they uh, rewarded you. They rewarded me, well, I yes. see a new career for you, Paul. Jingles, here I come. <laughs> okay, so shall we kick off with some episode recap? Yeah. Okay. Um, Eric arrives back at Fantasia, covered in Talbot's blood. Uh, he informs Pam what has transpired... They decide to hide in a human's house and Pam suggests Sookie's as they have both been invited inside before. Eric says it's out of the question and they ask Ginger if they can lie low at her place. Ginger! Ginger. I miss Ginger. (laughs) 
She's awesome. We need more ginger. <laughs> uh, ginger tells them that the V-Feds have arrived. And then Nan Flanagan saunters in, accompanied by a heavily armed SWAT team. They, 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 they look quite hard, didn't they? They meant business. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say to you, did you think that they were humans or vampires? I thought they were vampires. I thought that, but then I wasn't sure if some had stayed behind to guard Fantasia while Eric and Pam were imprisoned there. Hmm. Or maybe it's a mixture of humans and vampires. But they, they were pretty tooled up, wasn't they? They were tooled up, yeah. They looked like some, <laughs> some, some hardcore weaponry they had. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Nan Flanagan is there to clean up after the Magister's death discreetly before the Vampire Rights Amendment is put forward in two days' time. She has her officers take Silver to Eric and Ginger screams hysterically. As she always does. Yes, <laughs> poor Eric. Poor... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russell also returns home to find his beloved Talbot a mess of blood and guts upon the floor. Russell is devastated and he tries to gather up his husband's remains. Um, as he does so, he notices the missing Viking crown and realises that Eric is the perpetrator. Oh, do you think he's, uh, do you think he's got it in for Eric now? <laughs> I think he's got it in for everyone now. Yeah, got it in for the world. I think, it, I think he has. I think, do you think this is, do you think this is the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Do you think? Oh, for sure. This yeah. has tipped Russell over the edge. He, he, was, he was proper messed up whilst he was laying in uh, Talbot's remains, wasn't he, really? <laughs> They're pretty sick looking remains, aren't they? Yeah. What happens to their clothes? That's what I don't understand. Mm. We won't question it. We won't yeah. question it. We'll just, we'll just go with the gore. That's the magic of TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Suki and Bill take a, a nice shower together. And that's also the magic of TV. <laughs> uh, Suki has fresh bite marks on her neck and Bill bites his own finger and rubs it on her wound, instantly healing it. Yes. As he does in the books. Uh-huh. And I thought, I thought this before. I thought, hang on, why is Bill not biting his finger and healing Suki's neck wounds? Because... Hmm. It's kind of blatant going around with a load of bite marks on your on yourself, isn't it? And I and he does that in the books, and I, I just thought it was weird that he didn't do it in the show. But now he's done it in the show, so it's cool. Um, as they kiss, their blood flows down the drain. Later, Suki comes downstairs and finds the naked corpse of the werewolf that Bill killed and forgot to tell her about. Uh, Suki tells Bill that he can get some tarpaulin from out the back, and they dispose of the body. As they do so, Suku remarks that normal couples don't spend their time disposing of dead werewolves. <laughs> and uh, Bill asks her if she'd rather be on the sofa watching TV, uh, seemingly taking some relish in their grisly job. I think this is one of the signs that although, although Bill preaches that he, he wants to be human, I think secretly he likes the vampire stuff sometimes. <laughs> um, so, sorry, now going back to the, the, the naked Suki and Bill, what, yeah. what do we think of the Rolling Stone cover? Oh my god, the road. I was going to mention this later, but yeah, in light of this scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god, if you haven't seen it, go and Google it. My god! Yeah! I, I say, I'm not easily shocked. I'm not easily shocked, but I, I did look at that and go, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, Eric and Suki and Bill are naked and covered in blood. <laughs> basically, it's a, it's a Suki sandwich. Yeah. A Suki sandwich <laughs> with lots of jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my oh, I feel I'm getting all hot. <laughs> Shall I pause it? No, I'm okay, I'm okay. Okay, okay, crack on, come on. Uh, Bill asks Suki if she trusts him and she confronts him about his secret file about her. Uh, Bill admits ownership but claims he was investigating her to discover why Eric had taken such an interest. Uh, Bullshit? (laughs) Well, Suki believes Bill um, (laughs) but tells him that he can't treat her like a thing to be protected. Was it it obvious to you that Bill was lying? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Why is Suki so? She's got all these powers and, and she's quite trusting, isn't she? Yeah, but, but yeah. But she's she's you got to remember she's quite naive. She's lived in this tiny town because of her power. She doesn't really mix much with people beyond those immediately around her, and she's never had a boyfriend before. So this is all this is all new to her. The bullshitting boyfriend stuff. Yeah, <laughs> she, I think she'll catch on. Oh, she's eventually. Okay. Yeah. She? <laughs> so okay, Jason. Jason returns home to find that Felton is there and. Um, He's been a bit mean to Crystal, really, isn't he? <laughs> um, and then Crystal uh, tells Felton that Jason kidnapped and raped her. <laughs> She's the one, that Crystal, isn't she? <laughs> um, this sufficiently distracts Felton enough that Crystal is able to batter him over the head with a shotgun and as he fights Jason. Yeah. Yeah, nice move, Crystal. Uh, Crystal explains that they have to secure Felton with rope as he can escape handcuffs, <laughs> to which Jason remarks... What is he, a magician? <laughs> <laughs> so dumb Jason's deck house uh, Crystal finds Felton's supply of V in his pocket and uh, Jason and Crystal tie Felton to a tree by the side of the road and call the police to inform them of his whereabouts how long <laughs> is he going to take Jason <laughs> what is he a magician <laughs> seriously That's Jason awesome. get with the programme how many episodes before Jason realises oh sure I mean there's only three left isn't there <laughs> surely it's got to be soon oh, uh, also also I read on the HBO Official True Blood website that Felton and Crystal are cousins and half-brother and sister. Yes. Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, well, I thought about it, and that would mean that Calvin Norris is both is both their dads. And, uh, and their mums, they've got different mums, but their mums are sisters. So Ca- Calvin has slept with two women who are sisters. Oh, Good man. So, um, so, yeah. <laughs> so Felton and Crystal are half brother and sister and cousins. Wow. That's messed up, isn't it? <laughs> that is messed up. As, uh, okay. else, elsewhere, more messed up stuff. Nan Flanagan and her stooges have no luck searching the Fantasia dungeon. Uh, Nan tells Eric that he has to make a statement on the disappearance of the Magister to the authority, live on webcam. How sci-fi was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suddenly turned into the Matrix. Yeah, I like the way the camera moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, we saw the authority, the uh, four silhouettes. Yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I like the secrecy about all this. This is great, yeah, this is this is intriguing. Uh, Eric tells them that Russell and his werewolves were present at the fall of Constantinople, the massacre of the Aztecs and World War II. He explains that Russell manipulates humans throughout history to ensure that they don't destroy the world and thus lose the vampire's blood source. Eric says that the authority has only existed for a few hundred years and tells the cameras that Russell massacred his family a thousand years ago. He says he wants Russell to die at his own hands and Nan departs. Telling Eric that he and Pam will be under house arrest at the club until the authority have decided their fate. Yeah, what do we think mm. about that? So the authority has only been around a few hundred years. That's interesting. Mm. I sort of assumed it was a, a since the dawn of time. Yeah, since the, the birth of vampires. But it's or, something that the vampires must have got together. Yeah. To organise themselves. So does this mean that the vampire monarchy has only been in place and the sheriff, the system of sheriffs that they've got for the last few hundred years? I, suppose, well, I don't know, I, suppose, I don't know, because Russell, when he was, back in the day, when he when he killed Eric's family, he looked quite, he was quite high and mighty then, but so... Then, but then he was a leader of werewolves. Yeah. But... But to be also, a, Yeah. Also, the, how long has America existed as, uh, was it 1496, America was discovered, so that's a maximum of 500 years that they could have been vampires in the United States, 
and it's probably a lot less than so maybe. But how old's Russell though? How old's Russell? He's nearly three thousand years yeah. old. No, but he's 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 British, isn't he? Oh yes. <laughs> Originally <laughs> yes. British. No, was he German? No, 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 he's German, isn't he? Oh. He's, he's like a druid. No, he, no, he's a Germanic druid. druid oh. I do believe, yeah. But but yeah, so maybe it's once vampires colonised America, they decided to to come up with this this monarchy system. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, back in the real world, uh, Sam comforts Tara and advises her to seek psychiatric help, but she's adamant that she doesn't want to see a shrink. They are interrupted by Terry calling to inform um, Sam that Tommy is keeping him and Arlene up with his noisy sex antics, <laughs> which sound like somebody gets him murdered. Tara declines the lift back to Sookie's. Probably a good move, considering all the werewolf blood and wrecked <laughs> furniture. Uh, Sam arrives at Tommy's place to find him naked with a hot stone girl named Natalie. <laughs> What a lovely name. Good choice of name. <laughs> yes. Um, Tommy mocks Sam for being a stick in the mud, and Sam is infuriated. Uh, but Tommy backs down and promises to keep quiet. Natalie asks if Sam is Tommy's dad. <laughs> is, uh, is Sam gonna? Is Sam gonna have a rough ride raising his little brother? I think. I think he is. Yes. <laughs> um, I think in some ways uh, he's trying to influence his brother to make his life better. But in some ways, as as we see later on, I think. Uh, Sam has been influenced by Tommy. Oh, maybe. I'm thinking that, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that when the time comes. Okay, um, so over to some cosiness. Uh, Lafayette and Jesus, uh, they cosy up on the sofa. Uh, Jesus shows Lafayette his Jaguar tattoo and tells him that the Mayans worship the animal. I'll, I'll, mm. put, a, I'll put a link to this on our website because this was, I, I looked up, I typed in Mayan Jaguars and, and the Mayans had a whole series of, of Jaguar gods that they worshipped and they were they all sound quite dark and it does link into the show when you read the descriptions of them all because there's like there's one of night and there's one of death and there's one jaguar god that relates to sorcery as well which I thought was interesting given my theory that Jesus is some sort of witch I was going to say so are we thinking that Jesus is a jaguar but that that'd be oh no no uh, yeah there's that as well a, isn't there that's a crazy place to go isn't it <laughs> where, well there's, there's fucking weird owls in the book so yes yes <laughs> So nothing's too crazy. Mm. So anyway, the following morning, um, he leaves with a much more glamorous-looking and placid Ruby Jean. She looked nice. She did look nice, <laughs> and she complimented Lafayette on his his good makeup collection. Yeah, right? an excellent selection of cosmetics. Um, Ruby Jean praises Lafayette. Yes, <laughs> for, um, sorry. Ruby Jean is pleased by Lafayette's appearance and his relationship with Jesus, and declares. I'll be damned. Maybe God loves fags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Has has something changed in Lafayette? This is some. I keep thinking that I don't want to harp on about it, but I, I really do think that Jesus is a witch because Ruby Jean uh, Jesus said that she she was um, she what's the word? She she was perceptive. She recognised things, and she saw that there was some change in Lafayette, some sort of tranquility about him. And I, I want yeah, is that just. Good old-fashioned love. Because he's is got that, laid. Is, or is that, is that what we're meant to think it is? Yeah, no, but I'm is, thinking, is, is, is it, a bit obvious? has Jesus put some sort of spell over Lafayette to, to calm him, to, to make him What, for, for good reasons? Not, yeah, for good, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for, not for evil, evil reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a, yeah, as a, as a gift. No, it? I think it's just good old-fashioned love. You think it's because he, he... Good old-fashioned... He got some pork. Man love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got some sausage. <laughs> uh, Jason arrives at the police station and informs Andy that Crystal was with him for a ride-along. And he tells them that Kevin was seriously injured by Felton when he responded to the call oh, for help. Oh no. But, but they tied him up. <laughs> How did he escape? What, is he a magician? <laughs> uh, Rosie is devastated and declares her love for Kevin. 
Hey, this is like um, we've mentioned, we've mentioned, Twin, we've <laughs> yeah. mentioned Twin Peaks before in relation to the cops in True Blood being similar to the cops in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, but in Twin Peaks, there are two characters. There's a cop called Andy who yeah. is who's really a lot like Kevin, isn't he? Oh, he, he, really yeah. similar. Even in appearance, uh, he's similar. Do you think Alan Ball based Kevin on Andy somehow? There's a, well, no, uh, Kevin is kind of like how he is in the books, but. I don't know, there is... A, the characters do seem... Yeah, the characters are very similar. Yeah, they are, yes. And also, Rosie the receptionist is very much a similar character to Lucy the receptionist in Twin Peaks, and now they're together like the characters in Twin Peaks are. That's... Which is, yeah. Mm. I'm a bit gutted that Kevin's not with Kenya. Yeah. Because that would be awesome. That would be the odd couple, but in a but good it would way. Be, yeah, it would be beautiful. Uh, anyway, Kenya brings out Teabag, who recognises his cousin-slash-sister-slash-mother, Crystal, <laughs> uh, but doesn't acknowledge her. Jason tells Andy that he can link the VD into Hotshot and use it to bring the entire community down. And Andy seizes on the idea, saying that he'll send a shithole back to the slime he climbed out up outer. <laughs> when Jason leaves, it is revealed that Andy has been keeping the V in his own mm. desk drawer. What are you up to, Andy? Is that a private stash? Is he going to get high? Is he, is he tempted? What, what is going on there? Is he tempted? Surely, yeah, I'm sure this will come out late and let, or is he being bribed by the hotshot people to lose the evidence mm. you don't know do you uh, anyway uh, Tara goes to a rape survivors group therapy meeting and is surprised to see Holly there Holly is friendly and welcoming and starts the meeting by giving an inspiring speech about how she was raped 15 years ago but has learned to trust people again yeah that's that's kind of the, the dark well not the dark moment but that's quite a that was yeah a normal it. kind of... But were you glad that it wasn't Tara that got up and spoke? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Ta- I saw Tara walking in somewhere and I thought, oh, please don't see a psychiatrist. I don't yeah. want to sit through you talking to a psychiatrist. You're not Tony Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was a group therapy meeting. I thought, oh, no, that's cool. I can live when with I that. When I was talking about surviving rape. So, yeah. And people have been debating, was Tara actually raped? I know she was mm-hmm. She was glamoured oh. and... She kind of enjoyed it the first few times, didn't she? Thought, yeah, but... So, yeah, she I was more co- she, more coerced. She's more just kind of messed up in the head and yeah, and victimised and <laughs> brutalised and <laughs> bitten and bitten. Yes, okay. so the same principle applies. So over to some happiness, Suki. Um, she's looking for an album of old newspaper cuttings, and her eye is drawn to an article about her grandfather crediting him with a with saving a family's life in a fire after responding to his sick sense. As you remember, Bill had circled Earl Stackhouse, Sookie's grandfather, in the family tree and yeah. uh, speculated that her gift has run in the family. It's a genetic thing. Um, uh, Sookie's cousin Hadley calls her and tells her that her life is in danger still, but Sookie calmly tells her that she dispatched of her attackers. Uh, Sookie meets Hadley in an aquarium and is shocked to find that Hadley has kidnapped her own six-year-old son, Hunter who she doesn't have access to. Hunter's, Hunter is in the book series, but not until, I think, nine? Book nine, I think? Uh, Hadley tells Suki that she is Queen Sophie-Anne of Louisiana's, Louisiana's lover, and that is, that is her fault that Sophie-Anne and Russell are after her, as she told Sophie-Anne of Suki's telepathic ability. Quite conveniently, Hadley doesn't mention that she's probably known Bill for several years, <laughs> <laughs> and that Bill knows everything. <laughs> Uh, Hadley, Hadley explains that vampires don't think like humans and that Suki is in great danger. Mm. She tells Suki that she suspects her son is also a telepath and Suki has a conversation with Hunter telepathically confirming his mother's suspicions. Hadley is hysterical and runs away with her son who, as he is dragged away, shouts to Suki. 
She knows. She knows. What does Hadley know? Well, she does know. Does what she does know what she... Sookie is? She does know, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she told Eric. She told Eric. Yeah, yeah, she knows. Oh, yeah. She knows. She knows. <laughs> okay, Arlene. Um, she has an altercation with Tommy after accusing him of stealing her tips. Harleen is hormon- <laughs> hormonal and runs into Sam's office in tears after Tommy insults her. Sam irritates Tommy by taking the money out of his salary. Uh, Holly comforts Arlene, who breaks down and confesses that serial killer Renee is the father of her baby and she knows that Terry will find out soon. He Ho- will. He will, yes. Uh, Holly is supportive and suggests a termination, but Arlene says she thinks abortion is wrong. Holly serenely promises that there are other ways to resolve the problem. What, what other ways could that be? I don't know. Is it, are, we, are we thinking magical, mystical ways? I'm thinking there is something mystical about Holly. I don't want to say because I know what she is already. It seems like Holly's... Yeah, she's it seems like Holly's... She's got some spiritual energy She's about helping. Her. I mean, she's at the place where Tara went. Yeah, she's like a... Helping Tara and, and now she's helping our Yeah, she's like a calming, reassuring presence. Which is nice with so many psychopaths and killers around. Uh, during the day, Bill is asleep under his house and is awakened by water falling through the gaps in the floorboards. Hmm. He opens the trap door and is met with a sight of the same ethereal world that Suki visited in her dream. He walks over water and then spies Claudine, who reacts with horror at his presence, saying that it is impossible and accusing him of killing Suki. Bill wrestles Claudine to the ground um, in a part of the other world that looks like Bontomp Cemetery. He instinctively tries to bite her, but she throws him 20 feet away with a light from her hand. Can I just say that yeah. in the book, in the books, all the vampires want to bite Claudine. They just, they see her and oh, they want really? to, yeah, they want just, to go for her. There's some magnetism there. There is some magnetism, yeah. Um, she again accuses him of killing Suki, uh, as she can see that he has drunk her blood. Um, Bill says that he loves Suki, um, <laughs> but Claudine tells him, he only thinks he does. Is this true, do you think? Is, is, is Suki oh, got he... some addictive quality? Mm. Or do you think Bill's feelings No, I genuine? think he loves Suki. He's not like a crack addict looking for his next fix of Suki blood. But does he love Suki because he knew what Suki was? Because obviously he's got all the, the background information. He, I think he just knew that she was a telepath. I don't think he knew. Obviously he doesn't know what she is. Mm. Mm. Soon he will. Soon we Soon. will. Uh, Bill manages to placate Claudine, telling her that he means Suki no harm. He begs Claudine to tell him what Suki is so that she will be safer. And we don't see her answer, quite conveniently. <laughs> um, we've got a comment, got a comment from Bex, um, referring to Suki's dream in episode 7. Um, and she says, uh, The only thing I've not been sure about so far was the spoiler dream sequence. I know it was just a, a dream, but it seemed a bit naff. I kind of imagined the spoilers would be quite cool and sexy, rather than dreamy and romantic looking. Anyway, we'll wait and see how that one pans out. Um, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I agree, and I think a lot of people that have read the books agree with this. That the 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 spoilers, 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 spoilers. <laughs> the spoilers in in the books, they are yeah. Like I said, they like hang out in my lots, and you just see them in the in the, the everyday world, in the real world. Yeah, so to see them in like Narnia, <laughs> <laughs> and it is it's so much like. Can I just say that in 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 one of the Narnia books, the magician's nephew. There is a world that they go to that's between worlds, and it does have a pool, and it is that pool that leads to Narnia. In the like Lost. Like Lost. <laughs> it has a pool that has got the magic light yeah. that, that we're not going to say anymore in case you've not seen Lost. Yeah, everything, everything goes back to Narnia. Everything goes back to Lost. And Narnia. And Lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Bex, I, I agree completely, and I know that a lot of people have said this, that 
they kind of think it's a bit wishy-washy, the, the other world. But I, I advise people to do more drugs when they watch the show. Yes. And then they'll really enjoy these scenes. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, is this another world? Is this, has, has, Phil, has Bill physically... Is this an in-between, is this a... What's the word? Is I can't think what the word is. Like another dimension? Another plane? Another, yeah. Another plane of existence? Yeah. Is, <laughs> has, is, he, has he physically gone somewhere? Or is it just a dream that he's having? Because he's, he was in the sun and he said, oh, it's daylight. But is he physically in the daylight? Or do the rules not count because he's not in a, he's not in a real place? Oh. <laughs> I want to know if his power is permanent or not. That's the thing. I don't know. It's oh. Because she said, Claudine said it's impossible for Bill to be there. Is it, did she mean because it's impossible for vampires to be in that world full stop? Or, or it's impossible... It's only people with Sookie's powers and, and their powers that can be there. Yeah. And or the fact it, that it was daylight and he was there Or it's like well. a, a dream state that you can go to that he shouldn't But do you need there. to be invited? I mean, Sookie, it was like she was invited there, but Bill's just opened the door and there he is. Which is quite... Yeah, no one summoned him to that world. He's just, he's just gone there spontaneously. Do you think I've just had a thought, and I, I'm thinking, do you think Sookie's power that she's got? Do you know? Is it? Have you? You know what it is? Yeah. From the books. Yeah. And the way it's going, is it going to be the same? Do you think? Yeah. It's right. Okay, so this is my prediction because I've not read the books. So I'm okay. thinking that the key to Sookie is whatever, whatever it is that she is. Her blood can cure vampires. I think. Do you if, think cure? I'm thinking that if they drink enough of her blood, like with Bill Ben to go into the sunlight, human. I think it can take you back to human. That's that's what I'm going for. Well, that's not in the books. the The whole okay. th- the whole scenario with Bill going out in the sun is not from the books. Right. Okay. So no. No. In the in the books, it's more without spoiling. It's more that they. It, it's like a, it's like a drug to them. Right. Okay. It's more that it's yeah. It's more that it's got an addictive quality. The blood of these these beings of these but yeah no the going out in the sunlight thing is something that's just been written for the show which I like I really like that idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about curing it completely but I think that the, yeah the going out in the sun thing is why they're so desirable and they don't twinkle and they don't <laughs> yeah that's, that's always a bonus okay so okay uh, Pam Pam awakes to find that Eric has been awake all day and has the bleeds all over his desk Eric tells Pam that he won't let her take any blame and explains that he never told her about Russell because he didn't want to burden Pam with his problems. They reflect on their impending fates and Eric urges Pam to become a maker if he should meet his true death. Pam cries and embraces him and we see that their relationship is in fact that of father and daughter. Yeah, that was nice, wasn't it? That was nice. Both of them seem quite cold and hard most of the time. Yeah, but... So to see this affection between them is really nice. Uh, do, do you think Pam will become a maker? Do you see that happening in the future? Yes. Who do you think? I've got two candidates. I've got two candidates, characters who I think, oh yeah, Pam could turn them. I've not really thought about it. You've <laughs> sprung this on me. Go on, give me your two candidates. Okay, I thought Lafayette. Right, okay. Because he said before that he would make a fucking cool vampire. He said that to Eric and Pam. But he's got something else going on by the sounds of it. But he's, does yeah, he, yeah, he... yeah. But the other person I thought would be Hoyt. Because yes. I think Hoyt would like to be turned yes. and spend eternity of with course, Jessica. Yeah, that's that, that's a good choice. But then I thought, can, can would Pam but, choose Hoyt as her son? But, but okay, so Jessica could turn Hoyt. But is that wrong? Is that like mother She's, and son? Mm, that, no, no. You, well, the th- oh, well, the thing in the books is that they are kind of parent-child relationships right. between, them, like Eric and Pam's, 
And like Bill and no, no, Bill and Lorena, the the other vampires kind of consider it a bit freakish that they're like husband and wife, mother and son. No, no, no. So I was gonna say like Bill and, and Jessica. Love Bill and Jessica, yeah, yeah, exactly. On. But the Bill and Lorena thing, yeah, the other vampires, it's a bit wrong. Then. It's a bit incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think Jessica. It wouldn't be a good idea for Jessica to turn white for the fact that she's only just become a vampire herself and yes. she wouldn't be able to control him. Right. So, but but Hoyt, that's a good choice. Hoyt, well, yeah, Hoyt, Hoyt for vampire. That's I, what I'm saying. Okay, so talking to Jessica, um, Jessica is looking perky after a werewolf feast until Hoyt walks in the door of Malotte's with midget girlfriend Summer. <laughs> uh, Summer is appalled when Jessica's fangs pop out as they are introduced. <laughs> um, Summer tells Hoyt she is proud of him for breaking up with Jessica, as vampires have no life in them. <laughs> Later, Summer goes to the bathroom. Um, telling Hoyt to guard her dolls. Guard the dolls. Fucking dolls. What the fuck? And uh, Jessica apologises to Hoyt. Hoyt uh, confesses that he fucking hates Summer and misses Jessica, <laughs> which makes Jessica break down in tears. Tommy is quick to drag her away and asks Hoyt what the fuck his problem is. Bloody Tommy. <laughs> Bloody Tommy oh, ruining it. He's ruining it. Is, is Tommy going to get some Jessica action? No. No, he no, doesn't deserve a, it. He's a cock. He's a midget. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, also at Malotte's, uh, Lafayette is amused when Jesus orders a veggie burger with bacon. Mm, do you fancy that? I do fancy that. That looks awesome. <laughs> I don't eat that. bacon, but I eat veggie burgers. No, that looks that look like a, a nice meal. It did look, yeah, like a healthy option. Uh, Tara is pleased to see Lafayette looking so content and the pair share a tender moment. Yeah, that was nice family. People being happy. Yeah, we like to see. We like to there's, see There's that. so much misery in, in Bon Tom. It's nice to see a joyful moment now and again. Okay, so uh, Nan Flanagan and her army return to Fantasia. Um, unknown to them, Russell observes them from the roof. He cradles Talbot's remains in an ornate glass vase and tells his dead lover that the American Vampire League, League will pay for their sins. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was all kinds of amazing. The way he's kind of cuddling and caressing the, the vase. That was messed up. The jar, whatever we call it. <laughs> okay, so inside the building, um, Nan tells Eric that he looks like shit. Then he informs him that the authority have ruled that the entire magistrate of the debacle should be swept under the rug, as they want no part in it. Nan orders Eric to kill Russell Edgington himself, but refuses Eric's request for resources, calling him a whiny bitch. <laughs> so how is Eric supposed to kill Russell without that SWAT team? I don't think they care, do they? They just, whoa. <sighs> I don't know. They can't expect Eric to... Single hand, maybe Eric's got to go recruiting. Was maybe about two thousand years younger than yeah, yeah than Russell. So if, so maybe Eric's got to go around recruiting a little gang, get like a Scooby little, Gang. Yeah, a little Scooby, a little A team gang. A little A team, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, Crystal. Um, she's petrified over teabags seeing her at the police station and branding her a snitch. Jason proudly tells her that Hotshot will be raided and everyone sent to jail. Crystal is devastated and demands that they be warned. But then, Calvin Norris arrives at Malotte looking for his daughter slash niece. <laughs> slash sister, lover, whatever. Oh. <laughs> uh, he tries to pick a fight with Jason after seeing them together, but Sam steps in. Calvin calls him a pussy, and Sam reacts furiously, yeah! smashing a jug over Calvin's head and beating him to a pulp until Jason and Hoyt pull him off. That was a good beating. What the fuck, Sam? That was good. That's, that's where I think that Tommy's influence Sam. Well, no, I was going to say, do you think Sam has always been like this? But he's just been hiding it while he's been managing the lots. He just purely holds back. He holds back, I but reckon. But he can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe he's got a 
He's sort of darkness. Bad, bad doggy side. Yeah, he's got yeah. an evil... Well, obviously they've got the same parents and they do say the blood is thick in the water. And Sam's had to survive all that time since he was 16 on his own. So he's got to have hardened up a bit, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Lafayette and Jesus take a, a messed up looking Calvin to the hospital. Crystal is devastated and insists on riding along. Jason doesn't understand why she would want to be with her dad after her... Um, her family has treated her, but Crystal is angry that Jason doesn't empathise. That's fair enough. I think even yeah. if your family is that fucked up, you'd want to go with your dad to hospital. His uh, dad did get a good kick in. Yeah, that was intense. Or, or also, maybe she's worried that something weird's going to happen with her dad, given what they are. Yes. And doesn't want him alone in a hospital in case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Oh, I know what you're saying. In case something needs dealing with. Okay, so Tara is watching the madness unfold outside my lots. When suddenly she is pinned up against the wall by Franklin, who, lo and behold, is not dead. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course he's not dead. Of course he's not dead. And he's not dead and he's furious that she tried to kill him. But she stands up to him. Good for you, Tara. Yeah, good for her. That and was some, she had some chutzpah. Yeah, yeah, for once. <laughs> and she tells him straight that she doesn't love him and he's a fucking psycho. Um, as he is about to kill her, Jason appears and threatens Franklin with a shotgun. Franklin is dismissive, but doesn't know that Jason is packing wooden bullets. Yeah! <laughs> when he shoots Franklin in the heart, we see that the wooden bullets do indeed work. As Franklin expo- explodes spectacularly. Wow. That's, so, that's, that, maybe that's how yeah. they call us Legendson. Wooden bullets. The wooden bullets are good, aren't they? <laughs> and, um, hey, there's oh, been that's... a lot of good characters dying, hasn't there? There's, yeah. A lot of great characters, like Talbot and Franklin and Lorena. And, and they're, they're all new characters that... Really, they've only been around for, what, not yeah. eight, nine episodes. We wanted to see more of them, but they, they sadly lost their lives. Their okay. Their lives. Uh, Bill visits Suki and tells her that he's been somewhere else. And although he was only gone for a few minutes, when he returned, he found that many hours had passed, like Narnia. She asks him if he knows Sophie-Anne, and he tells Suki that he was Sophie-Anne's subject, um, but neglects to explain that he was employed by her for 35 <gasps> years. Bullshitting again! Mm. Bill speculates that he went to the other world because he had drunk so much of Suki's blood. Good call there, Bill. Good call. Um, he tells Suki that he has discovered what she is. But again, conveniently, the scene cuts away before we find out. <laughs> next week, people, we will know, I'm sure. Can you think? Are you going for next week? Yeah, it's got to be soon. We're not going for end of season? Well, could be, could be. Uh, anyway, Nan Flanagan is in the back of her limo, feasting on the fire of a beautiful girl, despite all her preaching about only drinking true blood. On the TV, a news repeat, a newsreader discusses the forthcoming vampire rights amendment. Abruptly, Russell appears and rips the guy's spine clean out of his body. Yes. yes. Was that? I mean, people have said that um, True Blood is not really, although it's got elements of horror, it's not really a horror show. But was this the first truly, truly horrific moment? It was horrific, but there was a com- slight comedy element yeah, to it. Yeah, like tongue in cheek. Yeah, but that was that was awesome. That I, was the, I went, yeah. That did strike fear into my heart. <laughs> uh, Russell addresses the camera and announces that although vampires are similar to humans in some ways, essentially they are different, and vampires are vastly superior, thus declaring war on the human race. Yeah, that was that was a good episode, wasn't it? That was amazing. That <laughs> what an ending. So uh, it's like, I mean, season one uh, culminated with Rene the serial killer. Uh, he was the big bad villain for that season, but then his. Uh, his victims that was from a relatively small group 
that was only a small amount of people. But then it escalated with season two to Mary Ann, who was kind of taking over the whole town and fucking the whole town up. But now we've got Russell, he's fucking the whole world up! He wants to fuck the world. So is the, does this mean that the vampires will be divided, do you think? Do you think some vampires will oh, side yeah. with Russell? Yeah, definitely. So he's going to have like he's his gonna, own it's gonna be vampire like, army. It's like a vampire civil war, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. We had some good music in that episode. As always, as always. Um, should we go through the music? Yeah, we? yeah. Yes, okay. We had uh, Robbie Robertson, um, who's in a legendary uh, band called The Band. The Band, they're awesome. Yeah. They're... Music from the Big Pink is a great album. Um, and his song was How to Become Clairvoyant, which was uh, while well, Lafayette and Jesus were doing stuff on the sofa. Uh, we also had Galactic, who were a jazz funk band from New Orleans. Galactic. Galactic, I yeah. Um, and their song Heart of Steel which was played when Jesus takes Ruby Jean back home uh, we've got we got Brit Savage um, a playboy bunny turned retro singer she's hot she's hot um, song's called Holding On Too Tight um, that's whilst Hoyt arrives at Malot with Midget Summer <laughs> uh, we also had Alejandro Escovedo who's a Texan singer-songwriter and his song Faith uh, played when Jessica apologises to Hoyt we had James Coombs and Joey Peters, who are an indie pop duo, and their song called Heaven Knows, um, whilst Calvin arrives at Malotz. Uh, we had Los Infernos, who are a Californian punk rock band, uh, who were on the Alternative yes. Tentacles label, owned by Jenna Bifer of, of, of the, the Dead, Dead Kennedys. Kennedys. If, if there's any punk rock fans listening. <laughs> and if and there isn't, check them, check them out anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Los Infernos. Uh, and their song Dead and Gone, uh, which was played when Sam beats up Calvin. And finally, to close the program, was um, Everything is Broken by Bob Dylan. And that was from his 1989 album, Oh Mercy. Um, I had a, I post, I, I, I asked somebody about this on Internet Movie Database, and they, um, they mentioned that this is, this is a, a good album to tie for fans of the show because uh, uh, it's quite a swamp rock type Bob Dylan album. So it's a good one for fans of True Blood. Oh. And of course, Bob's awesome. Bob we is love awesome. Bob Dylan. Okay, now it's time for What the Fuck of the Week. What the fuck? And uh, What the Fuck of the Week is... Russell, ripping out the newscaster's spine on live TV. <laughs> yeah. Something that's going to have repercussions for... For the world. For everyone and everything. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a what the fuck of the week, wasn't it? That's, I wasn't expecting that. I, I think I said last week that, um, that something was a, was a game changer. Something that would alter the course of the show. But no, I think I was wrong. I think it's that's, this week. That's an unexpected scene, really, wasn't it? Because Nan Flanagan was munching down <laughs> on some fit lady pussy. Yeah. And and the, the guy was just on the news and I was expecting him to say something dry. Yeah. And then there was a bit of a commotion and you see the, the newscaster kind of looking around. And, yeah. then, and then the next thing, he's going to get his spine ripped out. <laughs> I watched it again and it was... It was a truly shocking moment even when I knew it was going to happen. Did you like the way that Russell was licking the blood off his hand? <laughs> That was, yeah, that was mind blowing. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, sorry. Now we move on to the line of the week. And our line of the week is: We will eat you after we eat your children. Now, time for the weather. Thank you, mm. Russell. 
Thank you, Russell. He's, he's got the what the fuck of the week and the line of the week. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's got yeah. And he's, and and the fate of humanity rests at, at his fingertips. This this is going to go big, isn't it? This is this he, is, he wants this to go worldwide. This is worldwide. This is imagine if that happened on the news. So he, he will have people join him, and and it will, I think yeah, yeah. And, and maybe that's when we're going to see the Fellowship of the Sun again because obviously they're going to emerge and denounce vampires and. Suggest that all vampires should be hunted down and, and massacred. Yeah, you, you you're convinced that they're going to return. Oh they? yeah, oh yeah. Even with just three episodes left. Yeah, we got to see the Newlins. Mm. He's in. He is in the third book. So therefore, he should be in the season. Okay. Uh, now onto the news. <laughs> Okay, this week we have managed to, to get the viewing figures. Hey. Hooray! Hey. Uh, episode 9 had just 4.996 million viewers. Just 4.996? <laughs> That's quite good, isn't it? That, that could be a typo. Um, while episode 8 was slightly higher at 5.094 million. Mm. So it's, it's, it's fallen slightly, but... That's, I don't think that's cause for concern because that, that's, that's really healthy viewership and uh, True Blood is still the most watched show among, amongst uh, 18 to 49 year olds uh, which on a Sunday night is unique for a premium cable show oh, I do believe. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, FX UK have stated they will endeavour to bring season 3 to British screens as soon as possible. Um, the show is usually aired in the UK from February but it seems um, that the channel is caving into demand and we'll be showing it sooner. Hooray! Hooray! Because it's, it's ridiculous, like season two has just finished. It's only just finished. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So we'd have, to, we'd have to wait until next February. It's, yeah, it's ludicrous. To see what we're watching now. Yeah. Come on, FX, on pull our, your finger out. On our magic TV that shows us <laughs> season three of True Blood. <laughs> um, <clears> anyway, <throat> as, as we mentioned earlier, uh, True Blood has made the, the cover of the September issue of Rolling Stone magazine. Hooray! Hooray! Anna Paquin, Steve Mora and Alexander Skarsgård all appear totally naked and covered in blood on the front of the magazine. Uh, the issue hits newsstands in the US on August the 18th, which I do believe is today. I do believe it is, and I, I do believe we should order a copy just to... No, I went, I went to the shops today and... <laughs> and I found Rolling Stone magazine, but it was last month's issue. And so we can get it in our local shops. That's good. UK listeners, you can get Rolling Stone magazine. Who's on the cover of last month's? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Yeah. Okay, nice. Looking very handsome. <laughs> okay, so... Um, oh, also, the cover, yes. you might struggle to find the, the magazine for the fact that... Um, it might be, have a blacked out cover, like a porno magazine. Yeah, because it's, they, quite, it's quite raunchy. <laughs> it's quite risque. They might not be able to put it on shelves. <laughs> it might be higher up. You might have to look towards yeah, the top shelves, yeah. people. <laughs> anyway, uh, tune out now if you don't want to hear some spoilers. Spoilers! Okay, and here's the official synopsis for next week's episode. A reluctant Bill warns Suki about the danger she will face. Jesus is intrigued by the mysterious qualities of V. Sam's recent fit of rage triggers dark memories. Eric takes precautions and fulfills a wish. Arlene turns to Holly for help with a pressing problem. Jason deals with the unexpected with both Tara and Crystal. Jessica is torn between Tommy and Hoyt. After communing with Tolbert, Russell promises to exact vengeance on his enemies. Ooh, they were—they were some good spoilers, weren't they? they? They were some excellent spoilers. If if only if only we had some 
bonus spoilers. Some bonus spoilers, do you say? I do. Bonus spoilers, <laughs> okay, I say. Okay, I will deliver some bonus spoilers. What, we have some? We have some. <sighs> okay. Listeners, beware. These are some big spoilers. Okay. Um, Shoot. We will be having a flashback to Sam's past next episode, in which we will see that um, he's not squeaky clean as he might seem to us now. Really? Yeah. And uh, it looks like we're going to be seeing Lorena again oh. in a flashback to 1930s Mexico. 1930s Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. Yeah, Reba. <laughs> also, it yeah. looks like we're going to be seeing Bill and Jessica's home being the target of a vampire hate crime. Oh. So the repercussions of Russell's words oh, are going to be gonna, increased oh. anger towards vampires. So people are going to start getting sort of lynch mobs together. And, yeah. Oh. Looks like that way. And also, we, ha- we have something really interesting. We have a season four spoiler. <laughs> season four. It's not even in production yet. Oh. And oh, do people want to know this? Um, no, no. This is, this is, this is something <laughs> small. But Alan Ball has said that season four will be the season of the witch. Yeah. So a bit of willow action. I'll tell, tell you, book four is, um, is probably possibly the best book. It's the one I've liked the most, I think, book four. What's that called? Witches? I'll say nothing. I'll say okay. nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, I've got a few links. Uh, Lin- Lindsay Horn, I think it's pronounced. She plays uh, Hadley. She's in a band. Yay. So I'll put a link to her MySpace. What? What? Also a link to uh, the Mayan Jaguar gods um, that uh, Jesus re- uh, referred to. And uh, the still of the Earl Stackhouse article uh, that Stuki was looking at. And, uh, and uh, the nice Rolling Stone magazine cover. For you all to masturbate over. It is a, a, <laughs> a sucky sandwich. Oh, yes. And with that, we leave you good, goodbye. Yes. Have a nice week. Enjoy episode 10. And good night. Good night.